Hello, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Dust. Woo! And we are following the gorgeous, gorgeous period drama that is Downton Abbey. Just watched episode three of series one. Episode three already. Gosh, it's flying by. I, I think I feel this episode. Um, there's not as many characters for me to remember their names, which is really quite lovely. Yeah, there's only <laughs> there, there, there's only a couple of key characters that you really need to yeah get so. get your head around this time. Yeah, so um, uh, Lady Mary, Scary Mary, the uh, Lady Mary, quite contrary. The, yes, uh, contrary Mary. Um, he's, he's got a visitor who he's she has been corresponding with. We we found out who he she'd been corresponding with in the previous episode. Yes, and um, they're on a hunt locally in the area, and Cora sort of inquires and then sort of cordially invites said chap. Yes, because said chap apparently is quite wealthy, so that would represent good a good a good match for Lady Mary. Lady Mary. What's the chap's name? Evelyn. Evelyn Napier. Evelyn Evelyn Napier. Evelyn Napier. Yeah. So, um, and uh, <laughs> it was a really nice scene at, at the very beginning with uh, Scary Mary, Lady Mary, Scary Mary, um, sort of. Reading her correspondence on a bench overlooking the glorious grounds yeah. that is Downton. Which is it's what we do most days yeah. round in here in, in yes. Antique Dust Towers. <laughs> Antique Dust Towers, yes. We're constantly sitting on our bench overlooking our chamomile lawn and things. Yes. <laughs> so, we do actually, dear listeners, we do actually have a chamomile well, lawn. Well, you say chamomile lawn. Oh, it, it is a tad patchy. Our gardener has promised that it will erupt at some it point. It will fill out, but that's been uh, what, it's two, two, years, two years. Two years. This is the second yeah. year of Kamamar Law. And it's yet to erupt. Yeah, so it's a little bit. I'm a little bit disappointed of it, but so eventually I will have aristocracy frolicking on my Kamamar lawn. Um, and we'll have a bench leading, reading our correspondence to overlook said aristocracy frolicking on the Kamamar lawn. Anyway, <laughs> dear listeners, you don't really want to listen to our come my lawn witterings. So, um, Lady Co- uh, so, um, Cora asks, inquires Mary, oh, who are you corresponding with? And then it came, comes out that so like Evelyn Nor- uh, Napier, Napier. Um, is in a hunt locally and is going to be staying in some lodgings in a pub. In a pub. And Cora says, oh, no, that will not do. He'll have to visit. And say, oh, he's got a, a friend that is coming um, from the Turkish embassy. Um, Mr. Pamuk. Yes, Mr. Pamuk. Um, and uh, so she said, oh, he must join us as well. And just tell his man to bring the horses up to the house and they can they can go for the hunt from the house. And, blah, 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 blah. and you will be hunting too. And then she makes a big song and dance about not having her boots and things. But it's all very, very jolly. And it's all very boo-hoo that she doesn't have her boots and things. She doesn't have the boots. But the, the boots are uh, sort of are miraculously produced and... Uh, so we have a lovely scene at the start of the hunt when it starts at Downton and they're all having their sort of like nibbles. And From a stirrup cup? Is that what, it, uh, yeah. that what it's called? I know nothing about these things. Uh, but but so it normally it's sort of like it was a sweet treat 
It looked like a chocolate brownie, but I'm it's sure... A, it, it, yeah, it's a, it's a treacle. It's a treacle thing, I think. <laughs> it's like something treacly uh, in squares. You used to get them at prep school. Um, did you? Yes, we did. Yes. Oh, lovely. Yes. <laughs> I think they're commonly called a tray bake now. A tray bake, yes. <laughs> yeah, so Mrs. Patmore's done a tray bake. Mrs. Patmore's done a tray bake. And they're sort of uh, some sort of um, alcoholic beverage and these gorgeous little... Stirrup cups. cups. Yeah, stirrup cups. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm right in that, yeah. aren't, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. So, um, and there's Lady Mary, all quite contrary, on top of a horse, chatting with Evelyn. Yeah. Batting eyes with Evelyn. Yeah. I said, oh, so it's an oily... An oily, sweaty foreigner, foreigner probably. Coming in, in dashes, Mr. Pamuk. Who's neither, who's none of the things that Lady Mary suggested he might be. Quite no. the contrary. No, I, just, I think you explained it like it was like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yes, la- like, Lady, Mary, yeah. <laughs> La- Lady Mary's eyes were almost out on stalks. <laughs> so, Lady Mary is obviously quite taken with Mr. Pamuk. Um, who does look quite dashing. It's, it's a bit of a Hugh Granty type thing about him with the floppy hair and the and top hats, like very Hugh Grant sort of four weddings and funeral, but obviously of, of a certain of period. A foreign extraction. But he didn't really look that foreign, really. Well, uh, Theo James is one quarter Greek, so <laughs> that a, probably I wonder explains. what part that is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the big toe, yeah. maybe a calf. Well, it'd be more like a leg, surely. <laughs> so, so. A leg up to the buttocks. Yes, yeah, at the buttocks. Um, so they start on the hunt, and Lady Mary gets rid of her charge, um, sort of, sort of her her minder, her minder. Um, so, so, oh no, no, you don't need to do that. Just sort sort, sort something out, sort of playing out, uh, and then sort of, uh, and it's it's alluded to that Mister Pabuk is a very good horse rider. However, yes, yes, <laughs> Mister Pamuk might be a very good horse rider. Oh, no. Unfortunately, the actor Theo James not not so good. No, that was. It, it was However, his stunt double was marvelous. His stunt double was absolutely was 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 quite marvelous. You can say, dear listeners, it's as, a, as someone who has horse ridden in in the distant distant past, you can always spot someone who's not very comfortable on a horse. And he was not very comfortable on the horse. It was like... Bless him. It, it was like riding a, riding a horse, like bouncing up and down. Do, 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 do. And you could really tell... Well, you could tell that those 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 close-up shots were, were on the back of a low loader. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, the ones which were meant to be sort of with all the horse riders. Because you had... It looks like the people that were in the hunt were possibly people that hunt. Or possibly equestrians Equestri- Equestrians the, of some description, because... Well, they it, could they could ride horses. They could ride horses. They could ride horses rather well. Well, I, I guess you know if you're if you're doing your acting CV, then you know it might come up some point. So you put yeah, can ride a horse, can juggle, can can go on a unicycle. You know, because you never know. When. I mean, I have to say, when I did do a little bit of acting, I did actually put on that I could play the guitar, and that that sort of failed. Yeah, you could play tennis with a guitar. <laughs> Yes, so I, way back when I actually auditioned for um, um, Holly Oaks before it when, when it was good. No, when it was launched, <laughs> it was it was launched. When, when they were launching it, and so the character that I went for had to play guitar and ride a motorbike. Now I have ridden; I was always sort of on scramblers or things like that as a as a teen. But I've and ter- you're Riley Grifter. 
Yeah, it was always like those little mini motocross bikes. I was always on sort of friends had fields and they had those. So I was always scooting around in one of them. Um, so I thought, oh yeah, I can ride a motorbike. That's fine. Although I terrified myself at a, at a sort of late teen on the back of a really, really fast motorbike. And I've, I've never been on one since. But I, I said on my CV, oh yes, I can play the guitar. And I Why did you say that? Well, because they're meant to over-exaggerate a little bit. I mean, I could, I, when I could twang a couple of chords on it at the time, but um, and, and do a motorbike, and the character, the character, so the, so the character had to play a guitar riding on the back of a motorbike. You no, know, <laughs> basically, the character was it was a character called Kurt, I think. Yeah, Kurt, and his main thing was he was he, he sort of he played the guitar really well and rode a motorcycle really well and. Yeah, they didn't get that bit. They <laughs> didn't get that role. <laughs> so, but anyway, so but anyway, Mr. Going back to the delightful Downton yeah. Abbey. So, narrator's voice, Jonathan didn't get the part. <laughs> um, so, um, so the, the, the Mr. Pamuk is as uh, a character is a very good horse horse rider, and it becomes very apparent because there's one there's an area where you have to sort of jump. I jumped the horse over this hedgerows and through this muddy area. And he said, all right, do you want, are you going to go around on the roadside? And I said, oh, no, gosh, no, Lady Mary. And sort of Mr. Pamuk said, well, just, so we'll do it together. And sort of that, so, in, if, so Lady Mary feels emboldened and quite excited by his his horsemanship. <laughs> Don't you get, it, sorry, are you getting, I think, I think you're a bit smitten with, with Mr. Pamuk. You're getting Mr. a bit carried away there. Mr. Pamuk, we made face, Mr. Pamuk was just like, it it, it it was cast. He was cast incredibly well. All of the staff and you downstairs. Can, you can enjoy watching him on the second series of White Lotus. Oh, was he on second? Oh, we've only we've seen we have seen the first series. That was really good. Um, and it's yeah. So yeah, we will have to watch. I think there's three series of White Lotus as well. Isn't there? I think so, there might be. So that's one one to one to stay. Um, so, Mr. Pamuk is, is creating an impact and knows he's creating an impact. And there, there's a scene with Thomas. Oh, I know so we, 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 well, okay. Are we, are we switching between upstairs and downstairs? Or? No, no, no. So, the, what, so but the, Mr. Pamuk, um, the, the, the storyline of Mr. Pamuk is sort of, he is there to conquer Lady Mary. That's his little quest. And there's a, an... A, a scene with Thomas because Thomas has been at his, as his valet because his valet doesn't speak any English so he's been left in London mm. so Thomas seems to be quite pleased for some reason to be yes. doing Mr. Pamuk in the manner of speaking yes and Thomas oversteps things a little bit uh, he misreads, as, the, he misreads signal. the signal but then again I think Mr. Pamuk allowed him to do that well, and gave him a, an, an inroad an inroad so, so uh, Mr. M- so basically, sort of uh, Thomas makes a pass at Mr. Pamuk. Uh, Mr. Pamuk is like faux horrified and said, "Well, I will call on you. I, I will say no more of this matter. If, but I'm going to call of you about the the, the geography, the, the of geography, the, the house. Mm. What can he mean?" So, um, Mr. Pamuk is generally charming and lovely at the dinner party, and then he finds his. He, he tries to sort of. Uh, encounter have an encounter with lady mary in the public area lady mary's like oh no i couldn't possibly do anything like that but she's secretly very excited um but she won't do anything because obviously you don't want to have a 
a scandal. A, a scandal. Which her reputation to be ruined. A ruined, a be ruined. ruinous reputation. Anyway, so um, so he he continues because she warns him off and says, "No, no, no, you can't do that." But she he's still going for it, and then with the help of uh, Thomas, who leads um, Mister Pamuk to Lady Mary's chamber. And then Mr. Pamuk sort of um, seduces seduces the lovely Lady Mary to say, oh no, no. You can't possibly do that. No, No, you have to stop doing that this very minute. Stop, stop, stop left a bit. No, stop, please. (laughs) please. Stop, (laughs) no, left a bit, right a bit, nibble that, yeah. Um, So, and then suddenly, off camera, so the next thing we have is... Well, the next thing we have, Lady Mary um, uh, giving Anna a bit of a nudge to wake her up. Yeah. The middle of the night, or the rooms in darkness, and the next to them we have a a cut to to a horrified Mister Pamuk with his eyes wide his open. Eyes wide open. Gosh, what, what did you show him, Lady Mary? Yeah, it's horrifying. Yes. I mean, honest, honestly, Lady Mary, what <laughs> what what have you done? <laughs> what have you? Do? How did you manage that? <laughs> Good lord. Clearly wasn't up to her acrobatics. <laughs> no. Well, she she was probably in Pony Club, very good at Gymkhana. Yeah. Uh, very strong thighs. So uh, then it was, so Anna said, oh, what do we do? We need some and Anna suggested, well, we need to move him back to his bed. Uh, but it's too heavy. But it's too heavy. He's, he's so, a great big lump. So who would be even more sort of involved into a scandal? So they wake Cora up and Cora with Anna and Lady Mary move Mr. Pamuk. Across, across from the bachelor to the bachelor's corridor. Yes, <laughs> and then, <laughs> but um, Daisy, mm-hmm. Daisy sees something mm. going on because it's very early in the morning, and she's the first one up to sort out the fires. Mm. So, so she she witnesses something. She probably doesn't know quite what she sees, but she sees something peculiar yeah. happening in the corridors. Yes, so it's like dun dun dun. What's going to happen? So that's that's quite interesting because yeah. there's a bit of a scandal. And so, yeah. uh, so next morning, Thomas comes to do his his valleying duties and then discovers the corpse. And discovers the corpse. Mm. And then word gets around the house. Uh, Mr. Pamuk is dead. Very sad. Boo hoo! It's a Sunday. That's all they get a a funeral home from Thirst to come and deal with it. Um, and the the dowager says, "How how rude is yeah. it for no a, English, a foreign, no, no Englishman, no Englishman would be so rude as to die in someone else's house," <laughs> which is quite hilarious. Um, Lady Mary is obviously a little bit upset. Uh, I- Evelyn um, can read the signals. Offers yeah. o- o- because uh, what we've not really talked about is that at the at the dinner party, or at least afterwards, both. Evelyn Napier and uh, Matthew Crawley um, were sort of had their noses put Put out out of joint by Mary's obvious keen interest. Yes, so she was like Mr. (laughs) Pamuk. Oh, please excuse me. Midway through Evelyn and his story about something in Cheshire. Mm, I'd have been interested to know about this Cheshire story, considering we are from Cheshire. Um, I'm not from Cheshire. Well, we live in Cheshire, sweetie. I'm not from Cheshire, I'm from London. Uh, from that there London. From that there London. Um, so, uh, so both... From Evelyn, East London. Yes, uh, South East London, sorry. sorry. South East London. <laughs> not the Bermondsey, not the Bermondsey part of the family. No. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, it's all apples and pears and <laughs> pearly kings and queens. Yeah. There's a queen anyway. Yeah. Uh... Not very pearly. <laughs> More diamondy. Um, so. <laughs> um, so there's so Matthew and and, and Evelyn is uh, sort of I know just put out a joint because I think Matthew's somewhat now interested a little bit. Well, he seems to be have a, a change I mean, I, of I, heart. I, yeah, but I'm not quite sure where that's come from. Whether it's just because he sees her being interested in someone else, sort of gets his attention. Yeah, um, it's a wanting what you can't have rather yeah. than having something thrust on you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so like uh, Mr. Pamuk. But Evelyn tries one last time. So, would you like, so after the sort of the, the death of Mr. Pamuk in the morning, so would before I go, would you like to sort of have a walk with me around the garden? Just show me the garden, which is like sort of like, yeah, okay, have That's a, a euphemism, yes, uh, have, a, have a little bit of sort of one on one time. And Mary say, declines, no, no, I don't so want that. At that, all. that then she runs off in tears, so that kind of gets that gets the message across. The message across definitely loud and clear. clear. So, which is a bit, which is, it's just sad because he was, he seemed like a, she was sniffing around him with the letters yeah. writing and things. Yeah. Uh, he did turn out to be a bit dull. Yes. But you know what? You can't have everything. You can't have money and sparky personality. Well, you can have what you can, I know yes. you can. Yes. Uh, and I think it was very nicely because Cora has a conversation before Evelyn goes, gets the car to get back on the train to go back home um and say, oh, will you come visit again and he's about to make sort of polite conversations and he's quite candid and said look so if i'm to marry someone i'd like my wife to actually like me and find me interesting and not boring um and i feel love is is a is a big component of it and i'd like to marry for love and cora completely utterly understands and it's i mean that that was a really beautiful yes, scene yes that was an, a nice gentle scene that was a really really gentle scene which was quite 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 lovely and yeah i thought that that, that was handled super well um now the other storyline that we were following with regards to the upstairs sort of thing uh-huh. uh, it was matthew and edith and edith lady edith so so lady edith sort of is 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 sniffing is, around is, is gently throwing her cap hurling us expression she's yeah so she's o- offers sort of sort of goes into the village and he's just arriving off the train and he's on his bicycle which i think is quite nice because the rest of them have like sort of the horses or the footmen or what have you and matthew's come off the train from going to work working mm. monday to friday yes. and he's on his bicycle and she invites him to uh uh, to go and look at the churches because yes. he said interested in looking at the churches and the history of the area and everything. And he says, "Well, I'm available on Saturday, so we can make a day of it and sort of have a picnic, and we can use the um, the governess's car." So, um, so I thought that was really nice. And so she's got getting the hopes up, having a picnic and wandering yes. around churches. Yeah. Unfortunately for Matthew, it was a, just a jolly day out looking at churches. churches. I couldn't think of anything really that more boring. Well, you know. We'd, if we all liked the same thing, yeah. then the world would be a very one-dimensional place. So the, the next scene we have with them is sort of wandering around a church talking about the wing that was being done and it's like the romantic notions and... and e- the e- flying buttresses and the all, fly- of that, <laughs> all of <laughs> the, that The, the left-hand buttress or something. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, well, you've been rather reluctant to talk about yourself. Uh, the, and he, the, he's sort of like, 
Oh, I just want to talk about buttresses. buttresses and churches and that yeah. sort of thing. And yeah. I think... And, and, then and Edith Eve, keeps yeah. trying. Yeah. And it's, I, but I, Edith does eventually twig that it's not quite the way that she hoped it. And then she wants to go home, but Matthew wants to continue, to continue and see another church, much to her uh, <laughs> chagrin. Uh, and then he suggests, uh, so, the, so I think Edith is like, I'm having to try really hard here. I mean, things like that, when you're in a relationship, it shouldn't be that hard. Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it? No, 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 it God. shouldn't it? I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> Shush, really. Um, so it was, yeah, so it's it's really quite sweet. And then so he suggests sort of like they're doing it again. She gets all a little bit excited. Uh, and then she said, oh, I have to bring my mother along. Yeah, she was very jealous that, <laughs> she, got to, that she got to miss out on all this, this, this church fun. This church fun. It was just like, oh. Gosh, so she's like, oh, oh dear. So, oh, so, poor Edith. Um, and, and on the ups- Another disappointment for Edith. Yeah, there is a little bit more of the upstairs story, but we'll hold fire on that last thread of the upstairs story. Okay. Um, because it does involve sort of one of the main downstairs. Ooh. So, on the da- stories of the downstairs. Let's go downstairs. Downstairs. So, in the downstairs story, we have... Gwen, who is one of the maids, and she is there delivering, sort of like, with, sort of get the post office. She's posting something, and it becomes very apparent because Anna sort of shares the room with Gwen, and she's moving the big box, which is very heavy, on top of a wardrobe because it's getting in the way. She doesn't know what's in the big box. The but big it's trunk. very heavy. Very heavy, and then it comes out that she's doing a correspondence course to be a secretary. And there's a typewriter. It's a typewriter, so she's been learning how to do shorthand by a correspondence course. And um, and she's very good at it, and, and and she feels that she's she's doing well at it, and because she doesn't feel her life in service is no, is she, for her, she's she, making she a choice. She wants to be a secretary. She wants to be work secretary. in an office, yes. not sweep out fireplaces and yes, all of that. Oh, because I think I, I think it's really hard to to, to imagine now because I've bounced around various careers and jobs and things like that in my life that they didn't have that choice then. Yeah. So you chose your job, and you did the job until you hit 60. And, and then got you got a gold watch and was thrown on the scrap heap. Yeah, so, and I think, I mean, I think I, I sort of, I always wanted, I always fancied the idea of having a job, like I say, went to the job, started working, and then, then you had that career path. But I think, hmm, I just have to have the attention span for it. Um, but I think it's really nice that people do that, especially if you've got a final salary pension. But I don't think they had those in those days. I no, think, I don't think I think you expected had... to work and then you died. Oh, basically. <laughs> but not in, obviously in the, in the wealthy person's house because that is very inconvenient. No, it must have happened with some yeah. regularity, though. Yes. So. Elderly elderly servants dying. Yeah. So I would think they were kept on retainers, weren't they? Because there's always hol- cottages around and about. Sometimes. So, some, so I, think, I think it's... Some employers were more generous than others. Some employers were just wealthier yeah. th- th- than others. You know, not not every, you know, like, you know, if it wasn't for their good fortune, then Matthew and, and Isabel Crawley, um, mm. with their cooking a maid, they probably wouldn't have had the resources to have an elderly yeah, maid on a on had, a They've had a staff for so long and then, and then they, yeah. they retire. So might get a... A couple of shillings and be packed off to a relative in the in the country or something, yeah. something like that. 
so, I don't. I don't. Know. But uh, so anyway, so Gwen has been has, has got his typewriter, and uh, Mrs. Pat. Uh, no, not, yeah, not, not Mrs. Patmore. Mrs. Miss O'Brien. Miss O'Brien. Uh, Mrs. O'Brien. Um, the uh, Cora's lady's maid. Um, uh, uh, sort of walks in and sort of demands something, knows something's up, and then she breaks the news by bringing the, the typewriter yeah. downstairs. Yeah. She, she knows they're trying to hide something, they're acting suspicious. So, so she, obviously, she's gone back through she's and rummaged gone back through and rummaged and found said yeah. typewriter and immediately brought it downstairs. She's a nasty piece of yeah. work. Oh, she's, again, she's a we chaos, chaos we creator. Like yeah. We don't like her. So boo. Boo. Boo hiss. So, yes. And so the typewriter, everyone's like looking around it like monkeys trying to... Yeah. How does this actually work? I mean, yeah. that, uh, they're treating it like it's like a ticking time bomb. <laughs> Click, how does it work? <gasps> oh. Run, running away from it. So, uh, so Mrs. O'Brien sort of creates this sort of big stink, stink and what have you and Mr. Carson um, says well I'll have a word and then Mrs. Hughes jump, jumps in and said well she's my jurisdiction she's under my care um, and then it comes comes about and yeah so so um, so, so Gwen and, and Anna come in and then she's horrified to see you. then we have a big a big to do about how she doesn't see herself being a being in service uh, forever, to, and she to, wants to be a. She'd like to be a secretary. Like to be a secretary. And, and Mrs. O'Brien's there angling for sort of like saying, well, to get her sack. To get her sack. So I think, well, no. Oh, well, I suppose it was different, wasn't it? Sort of, unless they got married. Yeah, when that w- that was the, uh, we, uh, I speak from a little bit of family history that that the path the pathway out of service was to was to marry, mm. um, and then either. Become a full-time housewife, or in my 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 aunt and uncle were in service. They they met. They were both in service. They met in service. They 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 married, and then with a little bit of money that they had s- saved up, they left service and opened a shop. Mm. There so you go. Yes. So, and is this the lady? Is is this the aunt with the big fur coats? What the the. The the, the 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 tax dodging for coats. <laughs> yes. I could not comment. possibly comment on on whether or not there were mink stoles in the <laughs> in the wardrobe that um, were bought by the business as a legitimate business expense. I could not comment on that. <laughs> So and the statute of limitations, I'm sure, it's well and truly expired on that. So I mean, so Gwen's little secret is out. Anna's very supportive, and in fairness, Mrs. O'Brien is um, not Mrs. O'Brien. Mrs. Mrs. Hughes. Mrs. Hughes. Yeah, is is quite supportive, and it becomes a topic of conversation for upstairs over the dining table. Because clearly, someone has. So it's, it's someone's blabbed. Yeah, Mrs. O'Brien. Well, I think it's actually Carson mentioned it. That's uh, Carson's meant. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure Mrs. O'Brien would have mentioned it to Cora, um, and then even Mr. Pamuk, who come uh, sort of is brought into the conversation, and he says quite sort of openly, "Well, if she's not legally sort of has yeah. to stay, and she's not breaking yeah. the law, then let them." Yeah. So their yeah. their lives are their lives. Yeah. It's not nothing to do with us. Yeah. So the the as a, as a topic of of the dinner table, it sort of. You can you can see that there's a clear sort of divide opening up uh, between people like you know the younger daughters mm. um, who have a more modern attitude and 
Isabel Crawley. She's mm-hmm. she's supportive of Mr. Pamuk, whereas the the Dowager Countess is. Uh, so I, I, I don't like and, this. and Carson are are both in agreement that um, it ought not leaving service ought not to be allowed. And then there's a delightful uh, comment from Isabel Crawley mm-hmm. about how Violet would would longs for the days of serfdom. <laughs> <laughs> so uh but sybil the youngest of the she's crop, all for she's idea. she's all for it and she's very supportive and this is the part of the upstairs to upstairs downstairs um element where um she daisy ha not daisy gwen has um sort of second thoughts like oh my god what have i done it's all opening it out, out in the open and now I, I don't know if i do want to be a secretary or she's yeah. like have, she's second guessing herself yeah um and but mr bates is you know is very supportive and it reassures her the best he mm, can yeah. in that gruff manner that that he has that she absolutely can yeah. change change her life and it might not be easy and and so on but yep it can be done and he's an example of how that that was possible yeah so you see you, you can you, you you can change you you are allowed to and that's fine um and i think it's it becomes even more apparent when when miss um sybil lady sybil um approaches gwen and says look there's a job there's an advert, there's an advert for, for a secretary um she circled it she's given it to her Write them a letter and put me down as a reference. We don't have to discuss what your role was here, but I'll give you a very good reference. So that is a really lovely sort of yeah, thing. And it's sort of a good example of the the way that it's sort of a the fin de siècle. Is that the expression? Mm. Uh, you know, the, the changing the generation times. Yeah. So. Um, and that they are adapting, and I think it's that, that. I think that's sort of like really the the theme of the episode. Um, um, we've got the the other story is there is Mr. Uh, Mr. Hughes. Um, Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes. Who's Mr. Hughes? Mr. Hughes. Mr. Carson. Mr. No. Bates. Mr. Bates. Sorry, Mr. Hugh- Mr. Bates. So uh, I, be I, careful I, how you say that. Yeah, you yeah. Be cautious. Yes. Don't slur your words uh, when you talk uh, about Mr. Uh, Bates. Uh, Mr. Bates goes to this ironmongery or limb. Yeah, it uh, seems to be a, a false limb manufacturer. And in Thirst. In Thirst. Or somewhere. Because he wants to get his, his limp yeah, altered. So, so this guy's been advertising for a a, a limp corrector. Which some is basically, some basically sort of a horrific torture device. Torture iron, bit of ironmongery that gets strapped around someone's leg and basically so like so you, it, so it'll stretch the leg out to alter the limp and you have to do it as tight as you can cope with for as long as you can cope with and it will eventually work so he's like wincing in pain throughout the say upstairs notices it downstairs notices it and mrs mrs hughes mrs hughes, hughes there we go Got the name right um sort of sort of demand ask yeah. a couple of nice times and then in the end Shuts the door. Yeah. Well, this is after she's that um, Lord Grantham has, has also noticed and inquired in his concern, mm. and has a, a a quiet word with Mrs. Hughes, and that prompts her 
to her more insistent to be demanded. I mean, because she's even threatening. To, well, she's saying, "Well, I'll call the doctor." Which, I, and I think in this episode, it became very apparent because the language uh, Mrs. Hughes used was like, "said you're under my care," and that became really layered on with regards to, "Well, you're under my care, so I'm I, I look after you." Um, so it looked like a reciprocal. It wasn't like sort of owner and pet no. sort of managementy type of thing. Um, so you really got the feeling that that's that, that's where sort of she, her motivation is, and he shows her this. Sorry, Mr. Mr. Bates opens, sort of brings up his uh, trouser leg, and it's all red, raw, Blood, and horrible. Bloody ugh, yuck! And then we have a lovely scene where it's been removed, and she's saying, "Well, just don't do that again." That's yeah. ugh, and then so throws it into the lake. Throws or the river lake and said a few words. <laughs> so that not to do that again. He promises never to do that again. And the episode ends um, where Thomas is alluding that he knows something. He doesn't really but know Mr. anything. Mr. Pamuk, so yes. Yeah, so so where, where, where Thomas Thomas sort of is alluding that he knows something, um, but he doesn't really. He, know does, he doesn't really know, but the, 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 the sort of there's always. So I think everyone was very aware of the questioning in, of the. Of or, or, or sorry, of anything, and he sort of said, "Well, I know he went there, but and he was back in his room in the morning. I don't know. Yeah, so it, it, it was just and and this is his conversation with Miss O'Brien, hmm. um, and she's you know clearly going to think the worst. Yes, yes. So which is yeah, which is so it's like ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. So yeah, so." So all in all, I really love this episode because a I sort of haven't stuffed up the names as much as in the previous episode. Yeah, there was just there was less names. There's less names. You don't have your top trumps. Which I still don't yet. have my top trump yet. I was, so I'm still working on that. But I've just worked. So I've, I've got the uh, listing of all the actors in there, and there was a lot of actors in all of them. So. It's a, a, a lot of names to remember. There's a lot of names to yeah. remember. How can you be expected to <laughs> to remember all those all those names? Names, 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 names. I know it's very frustrating, but I think sort of now, sort of we've we've got our cast of characters, and now sort of by the time we get to the last episode of series six, then it'll be fine. Or the movies, but maybe but maybe by the time we get to the movies, but, but but we have had some very exciting news today. This is a, a news flash. That apparently they are looking to get the cast together for a series seven. Ooh. Ooh. So Ooh. Uh, with potential release at the end of uh, winter schedules of 2024, which will be uh, quite exciting. I mean, it'd be really good because I don't th- say I think it went up to the th- mid 30s um, for, for Downton. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't had World War Two. But I think it'd probably be less downstairs because I don't think the, the big houses didn't really sort of have that quantity of staff. But then again, if you're uncle and aunt, when, when did they come out of service? Um, it would have been around uh, 1940s, presumably. So, I mean, they still were big houses and they still had staff. Mm. Just didn't have quite as many of them no. as, they, as they used to have. 
because they have to bring in the national insurance and all that sort of thing, wasn't it? So it was also a huge, a bigger cost implication. So anyway, dear listeners, this is the end of this episode of uh, episode three of series one of Downton. Um, please inbox us with all your lovely sort of anecdotes and what have you. We're on all social media platforms up at Antique Dust. And so it's me, Jonathan, saying farewell. And it's me, Rob, saying goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.